What's up everyone and welcome to episode 122 of the Justin Inside podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. Uh, as always, I am your host Tim Beck, and thank you very much for choosing to download and listen to this episode. Um, I think that's probably the most formal intro I've ever done on this show, but thanks for everyone joining me. Um, I know this is probably going to be uh, a few people's first episodes, just in terms of because the band who it is. Um, bringing in sort of a new a newer audience maybe it's a bit band with a bit of a different sound to what i usually interview but anyway i'm babbling already and we've only just started this intro but hope everyone's well hope everyone's had a good week um myself had a pretty busy one with work because my work's just shit at the moment um but i did get the opportunity to go to the final word fest uh in brighton on saturday which was really cool uh, it's hosted by a new collective which has started putting on shows in Brighton. Um, it was headlined by The Flex, but it was The Flex, Big Cheese, Mere Mortal, who were fucking incredible, uh, Frame of Mind, Gutter Knife, Never, Imposter, Cruelty, and then a bunch of bands who unfortunately I missed because I was working, so I could only get there halfway through the day. But yeah, um, Brighton's always been really cool for music anyway, but it's really cool that these guys are doing shows in the form of like UK hardcore, UK punk stuff. Um, so if you're a fan of the whole quality control sort of sound, then I'd recommend keeping an eye on everything that they're doing in the future. Um, just before we get into this week's guest as well, I've got a cu- couple of bits of admin that I want to say in regards to the show. Um, firstly, thank you to everyone who's purchased the Justin Inside tote bag so far. Um, we've only got a handful or so left, so if you want one, go over to justininsight.bigcartel.com and pick one of those up. Uh, the design was kindly done by my brother uh, Adam Berbeck, who is a past guest of the show doing our Record of the Year episodes. Um, and who knows, he might be on the Art Tangent episode. I haven't asked him yet, so Ginge, if you're listening, do you want to have a word about Art Tangent when we're there? Thumbs up. Cheers, mate. Um, but yeah, also printed by a very good friend of the show, uh, Mikey Parker of Vino Sangri fame. Um, if you own any T-shirts from any UK alternative band, Mikey has no doubt printed it. Um, yeah, and secondly, as mentioned, uh, going to be at Art Tangent this weekend. So as well as the regular review episode, uh, I've actually got a few interviews lined up. Um, so we'll be foregoing the normal format of this show as festival interviews seem to be shorter in time because obviously the bands have got a lot of press to sort of talk to um, and it's usually more than one member so it won't be the usual just chit chat that we usually have and stuff but I've at the moment I've got three booked in so yeah it'll be sort of four weeks worth of Art Tangent material then we'll be back to regular scheduled programming um, and I've already got a couple of guests lined up for that as well which I'm super stoked on um, one of which has been confirmed and I will be recording pretty soon and I'm a little bit nervous about it but at the same time super excited so that's a little tease for for future episodes for you lot to keep an eye out for um yeah right let's get into this week's guest anyway and as I said bit of a change in music scape for me I'm joined this week by guitarist of Scottish death metal band God Eater Ross Began um during the discussion me and Ross talk about him sort of being the lead writer for the band and what that process is like and how that works um how this is kind of been the first band that he's been in that's gone sort of south of the border and sort of exposed the band to, to, to a wider sort of range of the community um and how sort of death metal that sort of tech metal sound is kind of starting to stretch its wings and kind of broaden its audience because uh, as mentioned in the discussion like my view of it is has always been kind of uh, not single-minded, but there seems to be a lot more bands that are kind of taking that extreme metal and bringing either a political view or an environmental view or something that they're passionate about rather than just screaming for the sake of screaming nowadays. And God Eater is definitely one of those bands, so we talk about that. Um, so yeah, please sit back and join my chat with Ross, and I'll see you on the other side. Joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is guitarist, riffmeister of God Eater, Ross Began. Ross, thank you very much for for taking some time out of your evening to have a little chat with me. Um, how's everything in your world? Uh, everything in my world, 
is pretty good. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, kind of offering us the chance to just be on the podcast and stuff. No, no, my absolutely um, my pleasure. Cool. Um, I think like you guys are very much a band that's on a lot of people's sort of radars at the moment. So, how's that kind of feeling to be sort of a band that people are talking about? Uh, it feels really good actually. Um, like yeah, it's been as far as I'm concerned, like it's been um, quite a long process in getting to this point. Yeah. Um, and like kind of putting a like a band together and like actually doing releases and like playing shows and stuff like I, it's been a little kind of long time coming for me personally yeah um so it's been really nice that it's been so well received and i'm really excited about it personally um, as, as far as i know everybody else <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you'd hope um, so wouldn't you personally like I, i'm really really excited about it and really happy with the response we're getting so far that's so, cool well, as I, as I mentioned before, kind of I, I hit record proper. Obviously, the show is called Just an Insight. I always like to take my guests back to their roots and their origin story, so to say. So, Ross, what kind of got you into sort of alternative music? What was your kind of first exposure of it? Uh, to be honest, probably at home. Um, my dad is quite a big fan of, I, I guess, like loud music. Right. <laughs> um, like uh, That's kind of a lot of my earliest memories would be him like playing kind of records and stuff at home um and like listening to music in the car with my mom okay and then um so it kind of starts out like you know sort of Fleetwood Mac ABBA stuff like that and then my dad is a little more into like sort of prog rock so we had like sort of earlier Fleetwood Mac like more kind of blues stuff with yeah green, and then sort of King Crimson like Led Zeppelin records and stuff okay and yeah kind of from there um I had a friend at school and his sister was like I, I guess she had like sort of encountered that sort of like goth sort of uh, kind of phase and yeah yeah Park, Limp Bizkit, Papa Roach stuff like that and obviously we'd listen to it in the house like when I was at his um and she would be listening to it and then we started listening to it and it kind of just stemmed from there um, yeah gradually getting into like heavier and heavier music and more extreme music and stuff as well mm. um, yeah just a, a big kind of long road of discovery through friends and stuff yeah so what was it that kind of obviously from i think it kind of sounds similar to to myself and a lot of people kind of how old are you if you don't mind me asking i'm 29 yeah so i was gonna say sort of like our kind of generation sort of that sort of new metal phase and then kind of discovering what they kind of identify with so in terms of kind of as you say like the limp biscuits and all that like where did you kind of go from from there off your own tangent like what bands were you kind of listening to off your own back uh so kind of from there like obviously that's like the sort of i guess that's sort of 99 to 2002 um and then kind of going from there getting into like sort of kind of uh i guess metallica like megadeth slayer kind of in that sort of more thrash side of things um like i had the the cd um for gta vice city for the oh, okay track, yeah um, for the v-rock radio station <laughs> yeah i, I remember it well bands on it. Um, and yeah like I, I got quite into like i guess for a while like sort of more rap and kind of hip-hop stuff as well yeah um, and i was quite heavily into like sort of more punk i guess like offspring no fx rancid and stuff like that yeah and so I, i've always had quite a kind of varied sort of I guess interest in music and trying to listen to like loads of different things but in terms of like the heavy stuff yeah it was I guess kind of the thrash and sort of 80s kind of stuff I went back to and then I sort of started slowly getting into like I guess like Arch Enemy, At The Gates, In Flames like they started appearing in like kind of like Tony Hawk games and stuff yeah. like I remember there was an In Flames song in one of those um, and I kind of went online and like found the band and like found everything about them and yeah, it just kind of spiraled on from there. I was going to say, um, like, yeah. you mentioned kind of obviously like at the gates kind of thing. So I, I guess I, I'm being quite assumptive here, but is was that kind of like your entry point to kind of, I guess, gathering momentum to sort of the similar to where you are now in terms of like the music yeah, you're playing? I'd say like sort of In Flames and Dark Tranquility were kind of a big thing for right. me when I found them. Um, yeah, Arch Enemy and definitely at the gates. Like I know everybody says it, but like <laughs> yeah. when you're in that sort of like discovery phase and you're finding like the sort of main names or like the sort of early kind of forerunners, I guess yeah. you find them and you find out about like Necrophagist. Yeah, like between the two of them, I think that I mean it was kind of just a tipping point there, uh, kind of getting into more and more extreme stuff from there. Yeah, and because whereabouts in in Scotland are you from? 
Yeah, I'm from Glasgow. Okay. Uh, we're, we're all kind of just from that sort of Glasgow and surrounding area, really. Yeah. So, in terms of kind of growing up, like, as you say, obviously having, I guess, having the the key of your your dad sort of listening to heavy music, you're, you're kind of used to it, sort of thing. But was there much of kind of a scene growing up for you in terms of sort of going to shows and things like that? Well, we kind of talk about this like quite a lot as a band and stuff, and about like kind of comparative scene from like sort of now to like then. Yeah. And, um, myself and our, our bass player Will are like sort of a little bit older than Andy and Josh, so we kind of went through the sort of I, I guess like sort of two thousand and four, two thousand and five, right up to about twenty ten, and there were honestly shows like all the time. Like you could go into like people used to hang about in like Central Station on a Saturday yeah you'd feasibly go in and like a friend of a friend would be selling tickets for their gig oh okay go to the gigs and like loads of bigger bands would be touring through but the lineups for each show would have like five or six support bands right including locals so you could always get tickets for stuff Um, and I would say yeah there was just a a really big sort of heavy scene in Glasgow at the time That, that was my kind of personal feeling of it. I wasn't really involved in like playing in bands or anything particularly at that time. Yeah. But in terms of like going to the shows, like yeah, I'd say I, I went to quite a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. So were there any kind of like seminal gigs that you can remember that you because I, I think like for me personally like I remember sort of going to my first like hardcore show and I was like, oh this is like what I'm gravitating towards. So w- was there kind of a seminal show that you remember going to like, where you kind of thought oh this is for me, this is what I want to do sort of thing. I should probably dig out like I've got a big box of like tickets. And yeah, stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've still got that. I have went to, but um, there was a, a band like when I started going to college and about. So I went to college in two thousand and seven. I started doing like a sort of music course. Right. And there was a guy on the course who played in a band, and they were called Sindustry. Okay. And like they, they, I guess they didn't really go and do anything, but like I saw them and it kind of just clicked for me, like in terms of like a band that I looked at and really thought were were in, like interesting yeah and like do it, try maybe trying to do something a bit different and they were just so as far as I was concerned at the time like so tight like in terms of the musicianship mm. um yeah I'd say that like going to see them um I, I'm trying to remember now like I honestly <laughs> I went to like so many shows and like there used to be this venue called Soundhouse as well okay and it's, like it's shut down now like I think the space is still there but it's not been used for anything yeah. for years and just seeing like so many bands sort of on tour like even sort of like older sort of MySpace stuff like Argent Dawn yeah um, yeah kind of Eternal Lord bands like that and um, another one that kind of stood out to me was like Bring Me The Horizon yeah yeah so that would have been that kind of like I think it was 2007 as well and they they played in the, the cat house and it was sold out, and basically they played with I Killed the Prom Queen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Asriel opened the show. Yeah. And it's still, hands down, one of the most, like, ridiculous shows I think I've been to. Like, the they closed with the cover of Eyeless, the Slipknot song. Oh, wow. And there was, like, a stage invasion. Stuff, <laughs> just people, like, kind of flying about. And, um, yeah, I think that, for me, like, that was a kind of cementing point. That, yeah, like, yeah. I really, like... I liked heavy music anyway, but like that's when I was like, I want to. I actually am really having fun, like going to these shows and kind of, I guess, meeting people and yeah, doing that side of it. Yeah, so that those I would say were pretty big, big for me personally. Yeah, it's quite funny that you mentioned like obviously like Bring the Horizon and and I Killed the Prom Queen. So I remember like I think it was the other day I saw somebody post like um, I think it was like a flyer from a show that I went to like down in the south I think it was like a charity thing and it was like it was bringing bring the horizon um I want to say like you me at six and then like I think Azrael were on yeah Azrael were on it as well it was like a Halloween show because I remember vividly that Azrael dressed up as Mortal Kombat um oh <laughs> yeah, yeah and it was just, just like this insane lineup and like you look at that now and like people think of that that lineup then like now is just like wild it's just like that was the norm back in those days. It was yeah, really strange. Back, it's quite funny. Like if you start delving into the sort of like MySpace kind of touring sort of thing. Yeah. And, like we've been talking, we talked about that before as well. Like as a band and stuff, and it, 
like you used to be able to see, theoretically see a band do like a month's tour in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Play like all these tiny little towns and venues and just play anywhere and everywhere. Like if if you go and look at someone like uh, Trigger the Bloodshed. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, years ago, their like touring schedules in the UK were absolutely like mad. Yeah. Like there, to me, there was like just a lot going on. Yeah. Um, I, in hindsight, like looking at it, like being a little bit older and trying to do it more myself, I, I do kind of wonder sometimes about what kind of happened in terms of <laughs> yeah. the financial side or the business side. Like I, I do kind of wonder about that, but I don't really have any way of knowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like there was a, I definitely saw someone posting as well recently about like a, I don't know if it was like a charity show, but it was sort of like a, a weekender type all day festival. And it had just some absolutely like huge bands on it now, like Bring the Horizon, Architects, and I think Sixth. Yeah, yeah. But all like at the bottom of the bill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or like kind of mid range. So like it, I, I think it, that scene dynamic has kind of changed, but there are definitely bands that came out of it, like like the ones I've mentioned, like really on top, and especially Architects and Bring the Horizon as well, just like still going and getting just bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I just think it's a, a different sort of vibe now to be honest so in terms of you kind of picking up an instrument and sort of learning so you mentioned obviously music in your house and things but was anyone in your family particularly musically like inclined or Uh, I wouldn't say my mum and dad no Um, like my my mum I think had played music when she was a lot younger Mm. but we didn't really have we didn't have like a guitar in the house we didn't have anything really but like my my grandpa on my mum's side um he he played music but right. like he he's he died like very young so i like never met him or okay like that i don't have the the sort of personal contact there as yeah. an influence so i i i don't really know where it came from like I, I started doing piano lessons when i was about six or seven yeah and that was just through school and then i did get a guitar when i was about I think I was about 11 or 12. Yeah. And I kind of went through that weird kind of stage I think a lot of people go through when they get an instrument. Like, you kind of just hit the strings and it doesn't <laughs> yeah. sound like the way you want it to. Like, it doesn't sound like your favourite band. So, you kind of just give up for a few years. Yeah. Um, and then I had a friend at school who showed me what, like, tab was rather than, like, sheet music for yeah, guitar. Yeah. Um, and I kind of just spiraled from there. Um yeah, so I, I actually don't really know. I, I, I guess in some way I thought <laughs> I thought it was cool or like people were cool who did it, but yeah. I, don't, I don't really remember a kind of conscious, wow, I, I have to play like music, I have to play guitar or anything like that. Yeah. So I guess lastly down the line when you were starting to kind of actually like sort of play it properly, what, were you sort of drawn to the more sort of heavy side or again did that come along a little bit later? I think I, I played in like a, like my first ever band at school, I think I was about 15, then I played bass and it was like, I guess you could just say it was kind of pop rock, like yeah. we played like a school show and we played like Green Day, like Arctic Monkeys, stuff like that, Yeah. and by I'd always, I already at that point, like I did like music like that, but I did also like heavy music, Yeah. and then my next band kind of after that was like, it was like a, a metal band, um, so I think I always have, but or like wanted to play that style like it wasn't really a gradual um kind of progression almost yeah like yeah I, just, I played in one band that wasn't really and i wanted to play heavier music and then i kind of just did <laughs> yeah like heavy bands ever since fair enough so in terms of kind of you mentioned sort of like school bands but what would you sort of class as like your quote-unquote like first proper band uh, to be to be honest, in terms of like when I think about it, like I did play in a few bands, but like this now yeah. is as good as my like first band. Like I I did play in a, a band uh, when I was about eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, um, and they were called Lost Persona, and uh, basically that was I guess you would say that was like my first kind of real like band. We did we did shows and stuff. Yeah, um, and like I was. In, they were like kind of trying to do an album and stuff at that time and then I kind of left I didn't really I didn't really enjoy the direction it was going in right and then I did join a few other bands later on but we didn't really do anything because like we couldn't really find members and stuff and like one band that 
we waited for ages to find a vocalist and just never did um, and then it kind of just fizzled out I guess yeah. um, and then I yeah a couple of years ago Andy and Will sent me like a message on Facebook like hey would, would you would you like to maybe start something or join something new um, and at that time I, I was kind of ready I yeah. think um, and really keen for it and that's kind of where we're at now yeah so but yeah I'd say like technically I, I did play in a few bands before but when I really think about it and in terms of what we've accomplished and stuff or like rites of passage if you want to call it that like I feel like now is genuinely my like actual first like crack at it yeah, yeah. so in in that term then because it's something that I, I'm always kind of interested in would is sort of God Eater the first band that you've sort of toured and, and sort of gone out of sort of Scotland with or, or had you sort of had yeah, that experience me, a little bit for me definitely yeah um, yeah I, I, I did like a, a sort of music business degree at university right and like a kind of college course and stuff as well so I, I guess I have like a sort of fundamental understanding and like I've been friends with bands and like watched a lot of bands and stuff over the years uh, but this is I guess yeah first, first time south of the border first time out you know actually doing stuff yeah and it feels like it's making progress as well yeah well if we if we delve deeper into to god eater itself then so how did you mentioned obviously the the guys kind of reached out to you but how did it kind of come to be that like did you know the guys just through sort of like gigs and things like how how did you all meet uh, i i known well for like a, i mean a good a good few years before that yeah um, i think we've probably known each other I want to say about six or seven years, maybe a little bit longer. Um, I was quite a big fan of his his old band, and um, just they they were one of those bands that were out kind of doing doing shows and like doing what what it, you know I would say was like actually making like a good run. Yeah. At what they were doing, um, and yeah, so I kind of knew him, and then I I knew who like Andy and Josh were, but like I'd never really met them. Um, but they, they played in kind of bands and stuff about and Josh actually played in another band with a couple of the guys I was in Lost Persona with okay um, so we were all kind of connected and stuff and then I, I think we just kind of came to a, just I, I think you know when that like things kind of run their course yeah and people are kind of ready to either take that step or kind of move on to something new and the four of us were already kind of or just at that kind of nice stage yeah um, Josh was like came a little bit later again struggling to find a vocalist and stuff um, the first track we ever put out actually has well on vocals oh okay um, yeah um, so we, we'd kind of struggled and then Josh kind of just slotted in um, but yeah I'd say in sort of circles and stuff we'd all kind of like known of each other yeah um, and yeah just everything kind of kind of did happen just at the right time and the right place so mm. Yeah, it's a pretty natural process actually when, yeah. I, when I think about it. So, and usually I find this question really naff, but I have to ask just in terms of I think because you guys have got quite a standoutish name. So where where did God Eater come from? I actually have no idea. <laughs> I feel like there was a big list of names on someone's phone, and then it sort of was just decided one like one day, and then we kind of powered on from there. Yeah, <laughs> like. I don't think there's any particularly big story about it or anything <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, or not not even anything remotely funny or anything that's probably quite disappointing to hear, actually. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, that's... But no, it's just it's just a name and it exists. <laughs> it's kind of doing its job, I guess. I mean, it, it's de- as I say, it's definitely a name that kind of catches the eye and, and draws people to it. So, it, yeah, in that aspect, it definitely does its job. Well, that, that's, that's good to hear. That's good to hear <laughs> so, at least someone's eye and someone's ears as well. So then, in terms of kind of when you guys sort of got together in a room and, and sort of started to, to hash things out, obviously, from listening to, to what you guys sound like now, there's obviously very sort of like tech metal, death metal sort of influences in there. So was that something that was put on the table early on or is that just a sound that has progressed the more you guys have written together? Uh, to be honest, I, I'm the one who writes like everything right. musically, um, so it is just it is just me. Um, I'd kind of got into the room with a few sort of ideas, and I think I had like one finished song that I'd kind of ha- I'd had it for ages, and like I'd kind of finished it and just left it. Um, and then yeah, I kind of 
started then at that point like I didn't think I would be the main writer mm. or anything like that that was not a not a plan for me or not an agenda or anything like it, that has happened very naturally I yeah. think um, but yeah I, I'd say if you if you listen to the sort of first song we did and then the EP and then Exsanguinated coming out last year and then Silent Spring coming out a few weeks ago you can hear a bit of a a shift mm. in, in sort of maybe the, the dynamics of the songs I would say um, there's a little bit more variety going on coming into the album and obviously it's a bigger piece of work yeah so there is more room to sort of showcase that like on outer stellar the ep that is is three minutes or like uh, sorry three songs like it's about 15 minutes there's not a lot of room to really do anything especially on like a first sort of statement yeah kind of release um, and then exsanguinated was so short it's kind of been and gone <laughs> yeah before you can really think about it um, so I, I'd say yeah there has been like a sort of natural shift in the way I, I write just by writing more yeah and like playing with different sounds and different feels and stuff so yeah I, I would say like yeah it has been a very natural process like over the past three years or so so in terms of that like with you being sort of the, like the main writer is it just what you're kind of listening to at the time because as, as I said like obviously there's the kind of tech metal death metal sound that runs sort of throughout kind of thing but the the changes and progressions and things is it just what you're listening to at the time are you pulling influence from that or is it more of a conscious effort from your point of view that i don't know that you want to write a riff that sounds a bit more technical or one that just shreds or something like that i, I try and as a as a writer personally i try and stay away from the idea of kind of writing with with like that kind of in mind, like I want a really like sort of shred riff here. Yeah. Um, I think at that point, like you do run a kind of risk of I want to sound the riff to sound like this other band. Yeah. When I think of it like that, and that's that's something I do try and kind of stay away from. Um, just I, I want to try and write like music that I want to like I want to hear that fills a sort of space of something that I can't find anywhere else. Mm. Um, I hope it does sound like that, but for me it kind of feels like that. But um, when I'm trying to write, I I try and listen to less heavy music. Okay. And kind of clear my brain a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The sort of, I guess, preconceived notions of like heavy music. And, and that, admittedly, that is a lot of what I enjoy listening to, especially in the past. Like, that's all I would listen to yeah. for a while. Um, yeah, I, re- I read, like, it's, I think it's years ago now, um, it was an interview with, like, Jeff Loomis. Yeah. I think he was still in, like, Nevermore at the time. And um, he basically said, like, when he writes, he doesn't listen to any music. Okay. Um, I, I don't know, like, how accurate my quote <laughs> of that is, but, like, that's what it kind of read to me at the time. And uh, I, I listen to music all the time. I listen to it when I get up in the morning, when I get the train to work, at work, yeah. when I get the train home, when I go to the gym, like... Not quite twenty four hours a day, but like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. okay. What do you mean? Um, so I like to try and find like different music to listen to, especially when I'm writing, and just like finding new things and new ideas and stuff. And I, I hope I, in my head that influences the way I write more than probably heavy music actually does. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, yeah. I I just try and kind of write what comes naturally because I find if I force what I'm trying to write. Mm trying to find a specific sound it doesn't come back to me listening back to it the way I want it to sound um, I guess everybody reacts to music differently when they hear it and somebody would listen to that and enjoy it but for me personally like, I never feel that happy with it Yeah. Um, so it does usually take me a little bit of time to sort of come full circle and weed out what, what I think is bad and what I think is actually good in the writing process yeah well that's that was kind of going to be my, my next question is how difficult is it to kind of self-edit if you're the one that's sort of the predominant songwriter obviously I, I assume that obviously you take ideas to the rest of the guys and they're a bit like yay or nay but is it a difficult balance of self-editing um to be honest i tend not to really show them that much until it's finished okay <laughs> um i do sometimes send little clips and little sort of teasers and stuff but largely when i'm kind of coming to it i'm like this this song is finished like um <laughs> yeah. doesn't have sort of vocal patterns like Josh completely takes over at that point yeah but like generally speaking it's this is a sort of finished song he 
here here is here is it here is you know is finished yeah um on, on the album i've had to do like all the drum stuff as well oh wow um, okay but i'm kind of hoping and going forward and um, that'll change again and i i can have a little more assistance with that which yeah. would be nice because i mean traditionally speaking i'm not not a drummer yeah um watch a lot of like drum videos and stuff but like i tend not i'm not an actual like actually a drummer <laughs> yeah um but yeah like it is the self-editing i think is hard and um, it does take a lot of time sometimes and um, like there are there are certain songs on the album that I, I mean i would say i did in like two or three days in terms of the writing mm. um you know sleepless kind of days but like <laughs> yeah they're days all the same and the song has just come together so quickly like exsanguinated in silent spring specifically um i would say that was like a few days each yeah um, and they just came together so quickly but there's another couple of songs on the album that i i wouldn't say agonized over but like definitely like it kind of had everything and then chopped and changed a lot over a few months even mm. and then kind of i guess that was more in the early stages of the album yeah, and trying to kind of put it together as like a more cohesive sort of piece. Um, so the the editing process is long, but the fact that I like do everything in tab, like on software and stuff, yeah. makes it so much quicker than sort of actually recording it. Yeah, or like writing it down like pen to paper. Like I I used to do that, and I don't enjoy it at all. <laughs> yeah. um, so just being able to sit with my laptop at home at work, you know, even at like a friend's house and stuff. Um, or in, in the practice room if we're ever in there um, and kind of tweak anything is definitely helps now yeah um, but I, I would say yeah the, the editing process itself is quite long um, but it's quicker than if I worked in a practice room with yeah. different people um, that, that's my personal kind of feeling on it anyway I know that's not the same for everybody yeah so, so yeah. then in terms of like when sort of Josh is bringing like lyrics to it and stuff is it a, a literally kind of almost like a handing over ceremony like you've got the song complete hand it over to him and then he just puts the the vocals on top almost uh well he, he's he's kind of the same as me though like he's always writing yeah like he's always got kind of ideas and stuff um kind of bouncing about whether that is like a, a sort of actual set of lyrics or like a pattern or something and then when I kind of finish the song or songs like I send them to him and he kind of you know goes through it and um, on the album we did like a little bit of kind of pre-production and stuff like we have a few versions of the songs like early on with his kind of demo vocals and right. stuff on them and I think that was a really important part of the process that we hadn't really done before um, just to kind of get a feeling of how things sat yeah. with the songs um, so then when we came to actually tracking the album like 100% final takes um, it was a little quicker to work with because mm. we already knew what we were shooting for. So yeah, I, I guess it, it is a little bit of a sort of handing over ceremony. Like, here are your tracks. <laughs> yeah. Please, please add to them. Yeah. I, I, I struggled for a really long time with the idea of adding vocals to songs. Yeah. Because like I'd never really, I'd never really done it, and I'd never really found anybody that could kind of almost get the idea that was in my head for how vocals should sound and get it done and Josh kind of just did that like, yeah on the album he, he hits like every note I would have wanted them to hit yeah and um, I don't think there was anything particularly going through the recording process or the pre-production process that ever stood out to me as oh that's not quite what I, what I would be looking for mm. um, or what he, he might not be looking for like in, in sort of actually trying it yeah um, there was definitely one bit on the album where we we recorded and we weren't really sure if it was going to work in terms of the sound um, but like after we kind of played about with it it was it, it did work and it's made the kind of final cut as well so, yeah um, yeah it's it's a yeah it's definitely like a sort of handing over though and then a bit of a collaborative kind of run through yeah um, just to kind of iron everything out but like I guess it's not really that much of a collaboration because there's not actually that much <laughs> yeah <laughs> well before we kind of go further into to the new record that's obviously coming out soon, obviously you you mentioned sort of Outer Stellar was kind of like the first sort of I guess impact point that you guys kind of had in terms of outward music sort of thing, and yeah. obviously 
brought sort of eyes to you as i say like for, for me personally the name was the first thing that sort of dragged me in but then the music was what made me stay sort of thing um but like what was the kind of response from from your point of view for for that ep as you say like only three tracks and i think with the music that you guys play it does have that kind of sense of like it's kind of gone in a flash and maybe wanting more so was that kind of the response you got was that how you felt about it i'd say that was that was definitely the response we got from it like the response we got from it outweighed any possible expectation i had for it yeah um i i i kind of had no expectation for it to be honest really um like i had a lot of faith in what i'd written but like i didn't expect it to go over like that well or, or to me that kind of quickly yeah like we, we'd done like a one show in on on the release day or like the day before the actual release I think and then like two weeks later we went down to like London to do one of the Tech Fest all theirs and then we actually got offered a slot like on the main like Tech Fest festival yeah like that July as well and um, I really didn't expect that to happen I didn't expect people to buy the merch or, or even remotely listen to it <laughs> yeah. um, I just kind of made it and with the guys like for us really yeah um, so I, I'm, I'm quite surprised like how how well received it was I, I would I would say personally I thought it was well received like, yeah for what it was. and then um, kind of going on from there exsanguinated I, I had a little more like positivity or like faith going forwards because of how how I felt the EP had done but I feel like there was a notable kind of jump between the two hmm and a lot of people seem to be waiting for the single um, and for the album now as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like I, I'm personally seeing like quite a progression, but I'm also seeing people who have like like you say yourself like stayed for the music. Like I have seen people who've stuck around. Yeah. Like I've seen. Obviously, we we get the sort of notification when someone's made like a sort of order on our online store. Yeah. And I'm seeing people who who have, you know bought that Outer Stellar EP very early on, still here, still buying stuff, and yeah. buying merch as well, um, and and meeting people at shows now as well, um, mm. who were maybe at our first show or second show, and they've come to see us again, so yeah, um, yeah it's been it's been really positive, I think, and um, I'm, I'm happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, in terms of kind of what I mentioned earlier, obviously you said this is kind of the first band where you've gone and gone south of the border you've done a bit more sort of a variety of shows i guess so what was that kind of like from from your perspective like kind of branching out a bit more going sort of not just playing glasgow and and, and scotland and sort of seeing a bit more of the uk i guess uh, to be honest above all else mostly fun yeah like, i mean at that point like i I'd wanted to do it for quite a long time uh, and felt I was kind of ready to do it personally. Yeah. Um, and then just, yeah, I, I, we still talk about it in like the, the sort of band chat about like just going out and playing shows is fun. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, like being in the van, like obviously it's not a sort of, you know, glamorous living condition or whatever, but like it should be fun. Yeah. Even through like all, sort of harder times or whatever, like obviously it's costing everybody sort of money and time and holiday allowances and all that kind of stuff but like it's it is essentially hanging about with people that should be your friends yeah and that's like part like the nicest part of it really like it's yeah it's fun yeah um, seeing different places eating food in different places i mean obviously there's a lot of like kind of sitting about kind of on your phone because you need to stay at the venue and stuff yeah but i yeah i don't know for me personally i really enjoy it yeah um, I'm really excited actually to get out and sort of we're out in two weeks time um, doing a little sort of three day headliner weekend okay. type deal um, and then we're out again in October with Harbinger Yeah. Um, and that's like a full like eight day run and I'm, I'm just yeah I'm really excited about that I think it's going to be just a good time really Yeah. Um, be, be hard and stuff though like physically like being in the van is not really that comfortable like I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. getting tall <laughs> I'm about like six foot three or six foot four. Yeah. So like being kind of like crammed up in the van. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Fun, but in terms of actually being there and like just 
listening to music and talking to people and then like at shows as well yeah and, like, seeing bands and like walking around places just to get a feeling for it i, I think it's great personally. yeah you mentioned obviously the the run that you're doing with Harbinger sort of later in the year, and I think yeah. like you and and them are kind of very similar in terms of kind of where where you're sort of at at the moment, like debut albums, sort of momentum behind you, sort of thing, but also kind of similar sounds. Or no, obviously like there are differences, but like you guys kind of fit quite well. And the reason the yeah. reason I mention that is like you're kind of almost this new wave of sort of like that kind of technical death metal sound that seems to be coming out of the UK sort of thing. So have you found that, that there is more of a, a want for the kind of music that you guys are producing and that's why people are seem to be gravitating more towards you? I, I, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I, I think people are always looking whether, you know, whether they kind of think it or not, but I think they are kind of looking for something new. Yeah. Um. I feel like the for a few years the sort of progressive metal wave was kind of there, um, definitely with bands like Periphery and stuff like that. Yeah. Even down to sort of smaller bands and stuff, and that sort of I I never really want to call it what it is, but like people call it the kind of like gent scene or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think that was really like kind of popular for a while, and then there was a little bit of a sort of like, especially in Glasgow anyway, um, a sort of like down tempo kind of beat down hardcore kind of little death metal kind of crossover yeah um, but I think people are, are again kind of looking for in my feeling anyway just something a bit a, a bit more varied mm. um, and I, I think that's where bands like yeah hopefully ourselves and Harbinger and even even sort of past bands like Nick Silva yeah um, or like Belial I think that's where kind of bands like that really started that shift mm. Um, and incorporating like death metal into other styles of metal. Yeah. I think people. I think personally, I I just want variety. I want to hear. There are so many different styles of music, not just limited to metal or like heavy music, but like I I want to blend like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I feel like people are are willing to hear that. Yeah. And um, especially in metal as well, people are really willing to like standby bands yeah whether that's coming to shows or just buying like a t-shirt i feel like metal is really unique in that sense um i i personally i don't really think i've ever seen like another genre of music that really encourages that sort of dedication yes yeah. um, or commitment to like not, not just the genre but like bands as well yeah and so, yeah i'd say people are, are kind of are ready again just for something a little bit different again and if that's sort of like technical death metal or kind of progressive death metal or, or just more progressive metal music generally then that that's cool I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that I'm pretty good with that especially if it means like people will kind of listen to us and check us out as well yeah well kind of on the on the flip side of that like as I say that there seems to be like this new sort of wave of, of bands that are kind of coming up and around in in the, the UK specifically, who are kind of a bit more sort of death metal sort of influenced. So, do you feel that like bands like yourselves, like Harbinger sort of thing, who are kind of paving the way, could would, could maybe act as like gateway bands for to introduce people to like the wider death metal scene? Uh, personally, I'd, I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, if someone listened to us and that was their gateway, like that would be brilliant. Um, vice versa as well if somebody listened to like the more classic bands and used that as a gateway to us yeah potentially a, a more sort of unknown thing like I, I think that is a kind of when you get into that it is a little bit of a sort of two not necessarily a two-way street but like i think it does go both ways yeah and having the the sort of bigger bands at the forerunner yeah like, worldwide and getting into the smaller bands but then the smaller bands sort of paving the way within their sort of like geographical location almost mm. and yeah for the UK I, I I mean Harbinger I think are definitely one to kind of watch yeah um, they're so tight live as well like I've seen them a few times now and they just get better and better um, and like watching that for me personally is like quite inspiring as well like seeing a, a smaller band kind of pushing through the ranks yeah um, yeah I, 
I think it's it's great. And if that means somebody can get into us and use us as a gateway as well, then then yeah, that's that's that makes it like even more worth it. Yeah. Almost. So yeah. Well, if we get into kind of like what you guys are doing now, obviously you've mentioned the the run that you're doing with Harbinger later in the year, but obviously more kind of prominent is the, is the record obviously uh, all flesh is grass so in terms of like your approach to writing it i guess is probably the best way to start because obviously you being the predominant writer like were there any sort of themes that you were necessarily sort of i guess it's hard, different from, from a guitarist point of view but was there anything that you were specifically thinking of like when you were going into writing this record i i don't Consciously, I don't think because I kind of started writing a lot of it at the same time as I did um, for Outer Stella. Yeah. Like I had originally wanted to do an album first, and then the the sort of three songs that were Outer Stella kind of just came together, and then we we did it as an EP. Yeah. And um, so I feel like so, some of the songs definitely kind of just came from that sort of time when I was writing, and then there are a couple that with it I did later on. Like Silent Spring that we just released a couple of weeks ago was the last song I did for the album. Okay. Um, and it was that uh, originally Exsanguinated was meant to be on the album, and that we'd done it as a single, and then because it's been a little while since it's been out, I kind of decided that I really should write just a new fresh track and kind of slot that in. So I had like a kind of specific vibe in mind for that. I guess when I, I kind of went for it, like it had to re- replace that original track sort of in a, a dynamic sense I guess like it had to be sort of fast um, but generally speaking across the whole album like I, I think I just wrote it kind of what I was feeling like writing Yeah. I don't think I really sat down a day and thought I'm going to write a song with this sort of specific vibe or this sort of specific sound like I think it did all the writing process anyway kind of came out quite naturally like that mm. but when I got into the more like production side of it and like choosing sounds and kind of trying to level the album out at that point yeah, I, I guess there was more of a sort of kind of focus on making everything sound cohesive across the whole album Yeah, like whether that's a sort of synth sound that features in like all the songs or like maybe just in bits and pieces of the album and using that to kind of tie it all together rather than just a focus on the writing side of it, I guess. Yeah. And then in terms of, you may not be able to, to answer this, but in terms of kind of what the the album's about, obviously from material that I receive in terms of being someone of, of the quote-unquote press sort of thing, a lot of it is kind of focused around, obviously, the, the subjects of sort of climate change and veganism and things like that. So was that something that when I guess sort of once the album was written you were put, sort of piecing it together was that a subject that you four as a band collectively wanted to sort of outwardly put or was it just something that kind of came across a bit more more sort of progressively? I think it was probably quite like a little bit more progressively but like, I, per, like personally I think we've always encouraged Josh to write about like what he wants to write about Yeah. like on the EP we, we kind of had it finished before he joined like all the sort of lyrics and stuff and the patterns and all that kind of stuff were really done before he joined and then he kind of just had to come in and record it and then it was it was done yeah and then when we we kind of got back into pre-production for like exsanguinated and for the album and i think he just wanted to have his own voice heard really yeah um, and the fact that that was the the subject matter didn't really didn't really like you know raise any alarm bells or anything like that i like i think he's all for me personally like i'd say producing it like i always think i'm i would get the best result with somebody singing something that they're absolutely behind yeah and in this case i think that's really like shown when we've got the like final mix back and stuff like it's yeah i think it sounds very like to me anyway like actually listening to him record it it felt very like honest mm. and just yeah it was him sing, like singing about what he wanted to sing about really yeah um, and I, I personally I think that's great and it's subjects we're all behind anyway yeah um, so yeah I guess it just kind of it was very natural much like the, the music writing yeah um, and just everybody was everybody was behind it so yeah um, I, I don't 
going forward, like what topics we'll cover and stuff. Um, but again, as far as I'm concerned, like if if Josh wants to, you know, sing about something, like he he can. <laughs> yeah. Um, as long as it's not like you know bad subjects or anything. <laughs> but like if he, if he keeps going like in like a sort of a, like awareness or whether it's more personal things, like I I think that's great. So. Yeah, and in that terms, like I think. I know you guys aren't specifically like traditional black metal so or sorry death metal so to say but to kind of put like something that's quite a political hot topic and a death metal band together isn't necessarily the norm sort of thing so I know you said you kind of given Josh free reign but has it been sort of an unusual process for yourselves to kind of be an extreme metal band that has this kind of outward view because as i say it's not necessarily always the norm like with metal bands it's quite a lot of you based on the technicality of what they're playing rather than what their message is i don't think it ever felt unnatural to us to do this to kind of have this as an element to yeah. be honest um i personally speaking like i, I think metal tra- you know traditionally has always been very political and sort of outspoken and really just against the grain yeah like by its very sort of definition even if you go back to like early bands like black sabbath even into like sort of metallica stuff like that it has always been like alternative and it's been you know it has been politically charged and there has been a message and a lot of it i i don't really know you know, personally, where that sort of shift maybe happened, where it wasn't like that for a while. Yeah. And I, I personally think that's been something that's sort of sorely missing, to be honest. Like, mm. I, I find myself even listening to bands like a lot of the time. I don't really pay attention to the lyrics that much. Yeah. Because I don't relate to them. Yeah. I don't. I, I can't possibly picture it. Like, even some of my like more f- like favorite bands don't really beyond a quick skim. Like, I don't. Really <laughs> yeah find myself terribly invested in them um, and I, you know per- personally for me like I, I I would like somebody to be invested in in a, what we are saying yeah um, and I yeah I I think just it wasn't a really a conscious decision for us it was a very natural thing and you know um, I, I'd say yeah we are well Josh certainly obviously as he's written them all is very sort of like aware and like open-minded as well and Mm. and, you know opinion like very strong in his opinions and his beliefs yeah um and i i think that adds something to us personally for me anyway like i i just think it makes us a bit more maybe just a bit more natural yeah like i i don't know like there's only so many bands you can sort of see and you see pictures of them it's such a cliche, but like with kind of folded arms and looking. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. I mean, I know our promo shots aren't exactly like sunshine and rainbows or anything, <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I, I think there's only so many times you can hear about sort of fantasy or horror or anything like that. Like, I, I, I don't relate to it at all. Like I say, and I'm sure a lot of other people don't. Yeah. Uh, and again going back to your earlier question about like sort of paving the way or or trying to do something different like i I really hope what josh has done lyrically does do that Mm. um whether people react positively or negatively to that is i mean that's always going to happen whatever you do as a band yeah like a hundred percent of people aren't going to be fully invested in what you're doing and maybe not even 50 percent of people are going to be invested in what you're doing but if someone is then that you know that's the best thing about it yeah um so you know i really i really hope it continues for us and always having those sort of elements and yeah pu- pushing for like a sort of change as well mm. um whether that is musically for myself or for josh you know writing lyrics yeah and from that kind of aspect like obviously as you mentioned obviously if josh wants to kind of do something on a different subject then obviously you're you're open to it but in terms of kind of where this record is obviously with that subject matter do you kind of hope that it also not necessarily creates sort of because i think i think it's, it's obviously at the moment it's a subject that people are kind of talking about and thinking about in general but maybe 
that will create a dialogue between you and maybe people that are fans of your bands that maybe aren't necessarily thinking about those things I, I, I would like that like I'm always open to discussion like I, we'd been kind of on a Metal Sucks had done a little sort of write up about Silent Spring right? Uh, and they, they were really positive um, like really behind it to be honest and we were kind of going through obviously like we were tagged in the post and kind of went through some of the comments yeah and the, there was you know there there were you know a few kind of negative comments and people really weirdly kind of against what we were saying okay um, but like there was also when i started going through it again and looking at all the comments yeah there was actually like an air of sort of positivity yeah and people kind of saying like oh well like with, with the maybe sort of more vegan or vegetarian sort of element like you don't have to that to listen to the band <laughs> yeah it's the message of the band but like I, I don't know there was it seemed to be a sort of notable kind of group of people saying like kind of championing that idea like wow actually it's cool like, that this band have like something they're kind of behind and something they believe in but like you personally don't actually have to share it to like yeah, listen yeah. to the band and then there was a, a kind of other group of people saying that they you know it wasn't metal it wasn't anything like that and yeah I, I don't know i would say overall though people were largely kind of positive that's um, cool yeah well in terms of kind of where you are now obviously albums coming out soon as you said the the run with harbinger as well have you kind of got any other anything else in the pipeline for 2019 uh we are playing damnation festival oh sick november um, yeah, November, first weekend of November, so that's, I'm really, really keen for that. Um, it's like Venom Prison are playing, Opeth are playing, Inter Arma as well. Um, I really enjoyed their last yeah. album, so I'm really keen for that. Um, apart from that, though, like, it is just the, the sort of album release, and then yeah. coming into next year, um, I think we're, the plan is to just be out a lot more. Yeah. Um, a lot more shows, a lot more kind of actual touring now. Like we we've only really done kind of short kind of one offs to two dates, starting in a couple of weeks three dates and then like the sort of week to you know eight days. Um, so I think the plan is to really just build on that, like, and um, maybe kind of do stuff with more established bands. Um, but yeah, for the rest of this year, album release, a couple of tours, Damnation, uh, and that'll kind of round off the year quite nicely, yeah. I think. And then we'll come back next year and have some stuff ready to go. Um, and obviously on top of that I, I need to you know get back to writing again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect well Ross how I like to, to round things off is, is to ask my guest what their favourite song is but with a bit of a twist so what is your favourite God Eater song that you like to play live and why my favourite God Eater song I like to play live <sighs> oh that is that is tough <laughs> I, I, I kind of just think of it all as like one set now like I don't even when I practice I don't really practice the songs on their own yeah. I just like practice them in the set like front to back um, I'd say to be honest the, the song we close with now yeah um, it's called Salvation it, it's on the album like right in the middle of the album um, if you check the track listing but um, yeah we close with it just now and I absolutely love playing that like there's a point in it like about two thirds of the way through the song, yeah, and I feel like I don't know. I think I spent a lot, a long time, kind of writing music that I didn't get any sort of like personal reaction from. Yeah, and like I, I kind of liked it, but like I didn't really get any release from it or anything. And there's like, just a bit in this song, and like whenever it plays, like I just I get like a really like sort of emotional reaction to yeah. it. Yeah, not not like I'm standing there on stage like breaking down tears <laughs> or anything, but. Um, yeah, just a, it's almost kind of like euphoric feeling. So I love playing that live. Um, and yeah, I like playing Silent Spring as well. Um, but it's really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I still need to kind of hit the practice pad for that yeah. a little bit. Perfect. Perfect. Ross, thank you very much for your time this evening. Really appreciate it. Um, best of luck with everything with the album. And I'm hoping to catch you guys uh, on one of the dates of the Harbinger tour. So yeah, oh, looking for forward to seeing sure. you guys. What, what date were you planning to? Um, either Bournemouth or Brighton. I'm not sure which one's going to be more convenient yet. Cool. Uh, well, definitely let us know, and you know we can actually catch up in person. Yeah, um, man, that'd be sick. Cool.
Perfect. Thanks for Brilliant. You know, taking the time to actually talk to me. No worries. Us, so. Cheers, D. Take care. Worries, man. Bye. Cheers, bye. So there we have it, folks. Thanks again to Ross for taking some time out of his weekend to have a chat with me. Um, as discussed, the band will be hitting the road with Harbinger later in the year, so make sure you go check out those dates. And if they're hitting up a town or city near you, make sure you go see them, because, yeah, they're, they're fucking rad, um, as are Harbinger. Uh, as always, you can keep up to date with what God Eater are doing on all the various social media platforms, which, as per usual, will be linked in the description of this episode. Um also just want to say if you want to help out the show if you like what you hear remember subscribe rate review all helps or just tell a friend it really does help um just get this out to more people wider audience would be wonderful anyway i'm going to stop talking thank you again for stopping by the justin insight podcast and i'll see you soon